0: Where did you go to school? And who's your hey. What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil invisible parasites. Right. Satan worshipping freemason morons. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by faculty. There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this Pink Eye? Is this what Pink Eye is? I don't fucking know what's happening. <laughs> You're actually
1: Googling
0: video dancing men. Please go outside and look at the moon quickly.
1: it crazy, guys. But guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do it slowly. But I ain't spending any time, mate. Right? Welcome to the Condition Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes.
2: I'm Joel Hill, and in today's program, Jack has COVID and no one cares anymore. Just
1: don't kiss. Yeah, it's true. I'm coughing up lurgies the size of feral cats. And because no one cares, I popped around to the supermarket and sneezed on some iceberg lettuce. Take that, society.
2: Yeah, good. Because iceberg lettuce used to be the lettuce of the worker until it got expensive. And now it's a play toy of the rich and famous. (laughs) I fully endorse this act of class warfare and biological terrorism. Fuck em. Now, in other news, I went to Canberra and saw for myself what is now being referred to as one of the great wonders of the man-made world, and it is man-made, the Glad Rat Cooker Ooh. Embassy outside Old Parliament House. It was beautiful.
1: Oh, beautiful. Yes, I saw the photos. Joel was spotted there by cookers who referred to him as a cooker watcher. How rude. Don't they know you're a star of the Condition Release program, Joel?
2: Yeah, celebrity is a hideous burden, Jack. If only I knew what it felt like.
1: Yeah, and in other news, Joel takes a look at Ralphie Babbitt, the UAP senator-elect from Victoria, who from this moment forth must be identified by his new nickname, which I gave him last week, Zippy the Pinhead. It's in the Constitution, people. Craig Kelly thinks he looks like
2: Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Jack thinks he looks like Zippy the comic book character. I personally think he looks like an uncircumcised penis. But however you see him, Old Zippy is our man for six long years to come. Hooray! Well, enough of that. We must remind you guys, as per usual, this kind of piss-funny tomfoolery ain't cheap. Costs money. And we're asking you to just help support the show. The conditional release program is free in dollar terms, but it does have a human cost on Jack, especially who has been roused out of consciousness today with pseudoephedrine and various other drugs of varying legality.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. let less said about that, the better.
2: <laughs> we have a Patreon set up with all manner of edgy content behind the paywall which is our way of saying thank you and giving you a reason to bother with it. Come on, guys, do it.
1: Mm, And you can find your way to all of it by going to www.patreon.com backslash the conditional release program and making a small investment. And we would like to thank our existing patrons for helping us to keep this show sustainable.
2: Fucking love you guys. For as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of amazing content. We're about to make some more. It'll be good. So hit us up on Patreon if you can. If you can't, Send us a link, and we'll send you the show anyway. But come on,
1: do it. And now it's on with the show, and that means it's time for the Conditional Release Program's weekly news.
2: And it has been an absolutely huge Huge, week. Huge. Huge. Q is posting again, but Fred Brennan has basically confirmed that it's almost certainly Ron Watkins, which is Mm -hmm. pretty funny. Much less funny is the absolute splinter of America, with cars charging at protesters and Proud oh Boys God. and other armed idiots intimidating pride events and just being fucking parasites. They're unsettlingly empowered right now. We saw a shooting in Norway outside a gay club in Oslo, which shows not only the tensions to the USA, which is already broken, but around the world. This is at the same time as the Supreme Court has struck down laws that limit the concealed carry laws on firearms in, I think it was eight states. So everyone's just able to walk around with guns.
1: Everyone's just
2: toting. It's shit. The Aussie Cossack is to be sentenced this week and Tim Smith, the temporary Liberal member for the Victorian seat of Q, threatened a 14-year-old on Twitter with a letter in the mail from his lawyer mm. because he quoted him in a tweet. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Grow the fuck up. It was also Saturday Timmy. night. The guy's famous for having a little bit of a wine appetite.
1: Only when he drives, you
2: But we're putting that absolute mountain <laughs> of information aside this week because the main episode is not meant to be a sprawling three-hour dribble fest like Joe fucking Rogan. But we will do an overflow later this week on Patreon and cover the lot. And, I mean, it's going to be worth the five bucks on its own because there's a lot to cover and we're going to get right in there.
1: Yeah, I think the thing we should be doing is doing a uh, an overflow episode after the uh, after the sentencing of Definitely. Simeon Boykoff, yep. which is Thursday this week. That's I, Thursday? If I, didn't, if I didn't have the COVID lurgy, I'd be heading down there for a peek.
2: I'm bloody tempted to do the same. We'll see how my work schedule goes. But for now, we need to go head first into talking about Ralph Abbott because he is fucking hilarious. Zippy! When I heard that he managed to grab the sixth Senate spot in Victoria, I was pretty sad. I mean, this guy is a really terrible person and I hate when they have victories, but- While he locked down and deleted his entire social media profile and history, once he stood even just a chance to get up, it was an absolute cesspool of conspiratorial filth and self-aggrandizing bullshit. I assure you. I had a look a few times before it got deleted. Fuck me. This guy sucks. So Ralph, otherwise known as Deej, got popular in the movement Ooh. after pushing the lie on Facebook that protester Kyle Mitchell died due to police violence at an anti-lockdown rally.
1: Oh, we all remember that one, don't we? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, we covered it in an episode, and basically what really happened is that he went into a shop, tried to steal some double blacks. The shopkeeper came out and smacked him over the head with a wine bottle, and his brains went everywhere. He's fine, but the whole line across the world was the kid had died because the police had shot him. So while people brought it to his attention that Kyle was, in fact, alive, and it was an altercation of, let's face it, his own making, Deej did what any good truther does and blocked anyone who told the truth and maintained a convenient lie Because it was well, getting uh, The the
1: young, the young fella, Kyle Mitchell, actually fessed up, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah.
2: came out and said, this is ridiculous, stop sharing this. Mm. And all these cookers were like... Stop it. This is getting traction. We love this. Fucking idiots. So, look, he's a pretty standard cooker type. He's obsessed Mm. with the World Economic Forum and Communism, despite almost certainly having no idea how either of those things function or work. His ideology is basically just going to be boring libertarian, small government approach, except for taking his wages, and he's going to bring absolutely nothing to the Senate where he has absolutely no influence whatsoever.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more on that uh, prediction. He, there, there'll be nothing that'll come forward of any sort of value to the nation whatsoever. No. I would say that he is too dumb to be a libertarian. And libertarians aren't smart. No. Um, it is the, as we've always said, the laziest f- laziest ideolo- ideology going around. Uh, but even I think uh, young Zip is too boring to be, to be attached to it or too stupid to be attached to
2: it. The more I think about it, the more I think you're right, which is like just absolutely bizarre and depressing. But, okay, so we're saying this, we're discounting him before he's had a chance to speak. He does have thoughts. Here's some policy from him. This is what we have to look forward to. In one tweet, he decides that we should just simply phase out plastic entirely.
1: To be clear, though, I don't support single-use plastic or even multi-use plastic. <laughs> no plastic. Just no plastic. Just no.
2: Just should no plastic. should all be phased
1: all. out and industry should innovate and find a new solution. Yeah.
2: So, like, oh, well, that's it, plastic. We're just going to...
1: Let's just sweep aside anyone working with plastic. Yeah, right.
2: first it's thing just- Dej's going to do, just plastic's gone. We're replacing plastic with something. Something. Just, I don't know what that is. Uh, That is just... possibly. It's very strange. I don't get it. So Ralph has come into the Senate with this sort of big Trumpian energy. So one of his first tweets as a Senator was this.
1: The sacrifices we've made to be here are massive. Hmm. Financially, (laughs) socially, mentally. We're not doing this because we want to, but because we have to. Our country needs us. God, there's some narcissism right there, isn't there? Oh, it? isn't it just? Public service has no tangible reward. History and doing what is right is the only reward. Oh, that is so painful because there is a tangible
2: history. benefit, Ralph. It's about $200,000 base yeah, and about $300,000 yeah. or so in And
1: another, and another, add another Yeah. <laughs> Uh, on top of that, in terms of entitlements. Yeah. Uh, a car, free use of car, petrol card, you know, you name it. Yep. Staff. Domestic holidays, international yeah. holiday. An overseas holiday every two years.
2: Yeah. No, he's, he's going to be fine. He's going to be just fine. But this is the thing. He also gets a chairman's lounge. Qantas, fuck, I hate he him so
1: much. He does too. Yeah. Avoid me. that place.
2: You could just live there.
1: We're just run, running around and, and irritating the staff by, you know, accusing them of plastic use. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's all gonna be phased out! It's all gonna really be phased plastic. out! This is plastic! <laughs> if I'm I, phased out! Fine, by the way, you'd all have no cutlery at all. You'd just be using your hands as industry told you. So, I mean, look, this is the thing. He reckons a casual 300000 dollars a year is actually nothing to him. He's a he's a he's a successful man. So mm. here's his tweet on his cutting of status in this situation. It's just horseshit. This is a
1: sacrifice for me. I'm doing it to serve my country. No punctuation. It's a pay cut. If you think 200K for the amount of work I will have to do and the amount of suffering (laughs) I will endure is a good deal, then you're wrong. I'd be happier running my business. I'm doing this for Australia.
2: Fuck off, Ralph, you piece of shit. So he claims to have several investment properties because he's so successful. Yeah. And this successful real estate business with his brother, which is Babbitt Brothers Real Estate. Ooh. As the asset, I'm looking forward to seeing his register of interest. That As will be in interesting. business, Babbitt Brothers Real Estate is not registered for GST. And this is something that what? a lot of people have uncovered because it takes about three seconds to find out. But the thing is, is that while their, their turnover is implied to be less than $75,000 based on their non-registration of GST, they work under a real estate network called At Realty, which is where all the money goes through, so we don't know how much income he has. He's not on chicken feed, though. Mm. That was a silly thought. Like, I mean, come on, the guy certainly like existing. So the money's not going through the business and, and from all records, I can see they seem to be okay at it. Most of the reviews, assuming they're legitimate and not forced, are quite positive. But there's one reviewer on Rate My Agent that wasn't too happy with them.
1: Not a good real estate agent. <laughs> Beach. Beech or Deege? Yeah, what? I think they got his name wrong. Yeah, Beej sent an abusive text to my wife. Ooh, that's something yeah. nice. He left the keys in the letterbox for handover with not even a handshake or congrats. This is not a good real estate agent.
2: I just love that. This is not a good not, real estate this agent. This is not. Isn't that book. just such a great sum up? Either way, this whole I'm super successful but I'm doing this to make Australia great again is complete bullshit and it's not going to fly. Well, it seems on face value that Donald Trump flew his flag effectively in America, saying this sort of bullshit, making everyone think he was some sort of selfless hero. He had this entire conservative campaign war machine behind him. They managed to convince millions of idiots in the USA that Donald Trump was not only somehow competent, but he was there to save the children from Hillary Clinton. I mean, come on. No one's doing that for Ralph. Ralph doesn't have Roger Stone. He doesn't have Steve Bannon. He doesn't have Peter Thiel. And he's also an actual idiot. So this whole hero narrative is going to just nosedive into the ground. But it's yeah. going to be so fucking funny watching him try to pull it off.
1: Yeah, and for for listeners who sort of wonder about what sort of value he's going to bring to the parliament, I think we've already addressed that. But what what, what sort of um, what sort of uh, um, um, value he's going to bring to the Senate? There isn't very much. I mean, no. he he sits on the cross benches. He will be roughly ignored. The government will has a pathway to getting its legislation through, which involves the Greens, a Jackie Lambie network,
2: and Pocock. Um,
1: but those two, those two alone get them get them to the majority. And so, Ruffy, they don't have to knock on his door. I mean, they'll they'll attach someone to, you know, go down and have a cup of tea in his office and all that sort of stuff. But nothing much more than that.
2: I honestly think the nicety is going to last about two weeks once they realise what an absolute flog he is. But this is the kind of stuff we've got to expect in the next six years because he's going to be really funny.
1: The other thing that's going to be daunting, and maybe you're going to deal with this shortly, Joel, but, you know, the the UAP, I mean, basically have a long history of people just going rogue. Yeah. Pretty much within weeks of them arriving in the parliament.
2: It's on the cards.
1: He said that he's yellow. Yellow courses through his veins. Yes. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Because if, at yeah. some point, Clive's going to ring him up and say, this is how I want you to vote on this.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I might, I'll probably and agree. Might not
1: like that. And As cra- you said,
2: the guy's a libertarian, except for the fact he's not smart enough to be a libertarian. So yeah. chances are when Clive tells him what to do, he's going to have no better ideas because he's just not smart enough. No. So that'll be interesting. Well,
1: besides that plastic band thing, which is terrific.
2: I mean, isn't that just such a <laughs> fucking great policy platform? What an idiot. So- In another tweet exchange, someone asked him, can you see the symbolism in the AEC banner behind you? And he responded with, it reminds me of a virus. The AEC banner actually features an Indigenous-style artwork of Australia with some people formed from boomerangs. I mean, that's really offensive. That is hideously offensive. Mm. But the thing is, I I think he's just too stupid to understand the implications of that. But that's fine. So, he also tweeted another photo with an Australian flag, which he clearly just pulled out of packaging because it was covered in fold marks, in the doorway <laughs> of what looks like his parents' place because it's got these ceramic decorative plates hung oh, yeah. on the They're wall. only
1: mums keep, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: it's it's a mum doorway. And, I mean, it's this guy who, like, goes on about how successful and what a baller is but I think he might live at his mum's house so I'll be interested to see how his whole register of interest plays out as well because I don't think he's making much money Ralph isn't a clean skin despite looking a bit like a foreskin he's Zippy he just he is a foreskin excellent work by Liam Mendez has uncovered the criminal records of various UAP candidates including our mate Zippy here who was charged with criminal damage on Christmas day of 2014 in the affluent Melbourne suburb of Toorak, which I can only assume was a tantrum after Santa didn't give him what he wanted <laughs> And he was also charged with unlawful assault in South Melbourne in 2015. Ooh. He pled guilty to that one and both had no conviction recorded. Apparently, he cooperated with some conditions or some shit. But the thing is, it wouldn't have impacted his eligibility to sit in the Senate anyway. He's he's a bit naughty. He's I think a that's the takeaway deep. here. And mm-hmm. I think that might be the tip of the iceberg because while we don't know what happened on those incidents, and I'm not going to speculate, it may be indicative of a fairly colourful past. And it will be interesting to see if people step up with stories of sort of you know, interactions they've had with Babbitt over the past. And while you can't exactly cancel someone out of Parliament. You can certainly turn their reputation to shit if they do have skeletons in their closets.
1: Yeah, and look, this is just it. You know, once once you get into Parliament, there's a whole... New level of scrutiny, you know. I mean, it's like being an AFL footballer. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't avoid things that you do or have done.
2: If you get on the bags, someone's going to take a photo of it. That's all there and is. To I it.
1: mean, look, we, we could do with some colourful people in in our parliaments, and that, that completely you know, mean agree that you should be that you should be a. Um, knocked out of it because you've you've done something a bit naughty in the past, but, but you've got to own it. Yeah, yeah, you've got you've got to fess up to it. And, it, and some and of the stuff it.
2: that I've seen isn't stuff you'd ever want to own up to. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But for the sake of uh, defamation, I'd say uh, I'm just going to leave that up. Okay, yeah, yeah good because it's not good. It's, it's sensible. Uh, pretty hectic. So. This is the other thing which I find very funny. He shouldn't take the seat at all because I think you all know this. This is is always coming. The election was fraudulent. Electoral
1: fraud.
2: Exactly. So, look, this is what he said about it on Facebook.
1: This election will be fraudulent. I mean, that's good, isn't it? You're actually predicting fraud. Mm -hmm. This is... No basis. That's that's a man with some real insight. (laughs) Uh, This election will be fraudulent. There is no doubt the system needs to change. There needs to be, and it's a T H E I R U. I knew you'd hate that, dumb bastard. I knew you'd hate that. There needs to be ID shown before voting, and postal votes must be much more stringent and secure. Okay. As the system stands today, a person can easily vote more than once, and postal votes are ripe with fraud. You know they're actually not.
2: Yeah, because no. Anyway, so look. This guy's a fucking idiot, but as much as I hate seeing Cookers win, they don't even seem too stoked with this one. Telegram has like a few circulations <laughs> going around saying, well done, but like it's not much. There was a bit of a celebration. At the end of the day, he's a senator now, so most of them just by default just want to hang him. I
1: mean <laughs> that's, that's right this is how it works he's going to the pedophile castle and it, must be hanged
2: exactly I mean like you know they're going to find reasons to hate him soon I'm sure because they're fucking nuts in the meantime he's going to carry this like big ball of energy you know mum's front door energy and his saviour <laughs> of mankind complex is just going to go through the roof but he's going to be on social media doing this with a complete lack of self-awareness while everyone's just going to laugh at him and he's going to say how mean everyone is it's going to be so funny yeah. Ralph is going to be the gift that keeps on on giving it's going to be six long years, but they're going to be so funny. And at first, I was mortified that he won the seat, I was fucking devastated. But now I see what it really is. This is six years of great content, yep. Jack. We are <laughs> a business, and business oh, no. is good. Who's <laughs> just constantly and unintentionally really funny?
1: It's yeah. gonna be great. He's uh, he's added to the long list of, of just raving lunatics uh, in the Senate, but he might even get his own segment. I, I predict, we'll, I predict, we'll make him. I predict we'll make him cry by December. That's <laughs> that's my tip. Make oh, him cry feel by December. I bad
2: for him. <laughs> His mum's gonna have to bring him over to, and show him the nice calming ceramic. <laughs> His mum's gonna
1: go and have to pick him up. Oh. Pick him up from Canberra. God.
2: Pick me up, Mum. It made me cry. I don't like my driver. He thinks I'm an idiot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't have drivers. They drive their own now. Oh, so. ring. Yeah, I know. So um, yeah, he'll be driving around in like a Camry. <laughs> Oh, um, wow! That's yeah, uh, and and possibly, um, possibly, well, it will be a, a hybrid a hybrid model. Oh, he's gonna fucking hate that. A lot of, <laughs> lot of plastic in those things. Face <laughs> <Phase laughs> it out. <up. laughs> As neither Joel nor I have functioning uteruses, or is that uteri, we shouldn't say too much about women's reproductive rights. Yeah, In my view. But the SCOTUS, that is the Supreme Court of the United States, have overturned Roe v. Wade, a 40-year-old ruling that permitted abortion across the 50 states and now renders abortion a state matter in the United States. Optimists suggest that women and pro-choice supporters can turn out and vote in state uh, congressional and gubernatorial elections, but it's pretty damn hard because gerrymandering, yeah. the partisan redrawing of electoral boundaries to benefit one party or another uh, that are in place in the United States. We might yeah. remember gerrymandering Extensive. from uh, Joe Biocchi Pearson's days, Joe, yeah. where <laughs> basically one black and a dog was an electorate. Did you uh, say
2: we may remember? Because I don't, well, I no, don't remember. No, you weren't alive then. But that's, I that's, was a twinkle in my mother's eye.
1: Some of our listeners of a certain vintage may remember <laughs> the gerrymander uh, in Queensland. Um, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, and I'll go on to explain what goes. On in the United States because there are gerrymanders all over the place. There, you know. Likewise, pro-choice people could vote resoundingly against the GOP in the, in the coming midterms in November, but that's not easy either because of what we call partisan gerrymanders that completely dismiss the principle of one vote, one value. One of those very lofty ideals. Not much good having participatory democracy. Not much good putting a vote in a in a ballot box when your vote is less has less value than the next person. That's yeah. the point we're trying to make, and the GOP, the Republican Party, are a fucking undemocratic scourge. Wow. They've been taking the piss for more than century, more than a century. But uh, listeners, you probably already knew that. Yes, but I'm going to give you some numbers on just how undemocratic the U.S. federal political system is, which in turn allows the U.S. Senate to rubber stamp the selection of people like Clarence Thomas and Brett Kavanaugh from becoming members of the, of, of the Supreme Court of the United States, yep. which are appointments made for life, essentially, and can only be unmade by impeachment and conviction processes requiring a supermajority in the Senate and for grounds of serious misconduct.
2: Which you're never going to get. you never going to Fucking right? never These guys get are it. appointed
1: for life. Right? And Trump's appointed three. Clarence Thomas was appointed by, by uh, George... Bush Senior yeah. um, and Kavanaugh and two others were appointed in the in, uh, in the Trump period.
2: And of course, one of those appointments was a bullshit appointment that should have happened during Obama's presidency. Yeah, but they delayed. But that. they but delayed it. The, the
1: U.S. Senate delayed it. that where the Republicans at that time had the majority. Bucking scumbags. So here's the first stat. The Republicans haven't won a majority of all votes in a presidential election since 2004, 18 years. In the Senate, each state elects two senators. That means Alaska, with a population of 736,000, elects the same number of senators as does California, a state with 40 million people. Now, we might point to Australia as doing the same. New South Wales and Tasmania have the same number of senators. There are a few differences, though. Our Senate has less authority than the United States. It cannot, since 1975 anyway, block supply or finance bills or overturn governments. It does not approve or block appointments to the high court. And that power lies with the executive, where, quite frankly, it belongs. Across the board in the United States, in the United States Senate, where numbers are presently on a nice edge, that is, there are 50 Democrat senators, 50 Republican senators, we see that US Democrat senators represent 40 million more people than their Republican counterparts. And that's a huge disparity and will only get worse because population shifts in the United States continue to follow trends where people in the South and Midwest continue to move to the major growth centres, the East Coast, California, uh, and in presidential election terms, all, all solid blue states. Um, along the east coast from Virginia upwards to Massachusetts um, and, and in California, which is a massive blue state too. Uh, the growth states that are red are Florida and Texas. And Texas may one day become blue again, uh, going back to the old days of LBJ, uh, but it may become blue again. Uh, due to population and demographic shifts in the Lone Star State. A lot of Californians now living in Texas. Basically, when voters uh, come to electing US senators, the principle of one vote, one value simply does not exist. Mm -hmm. Um, But it gets even worse when we start to look at the House of Representatives, the lower house of the US Congress. And the way our system works in Australia is that an independent body, the Australian Electoral uh, uh, Commission, looks at population change. The states have the same independence state-based electoral authorities and they're independent there too but federally we have the AAC and the AAC is required to redraw boundaries by law whenever whenever there is a shift in a particular house of reps seat of more than five percent thus in an electorate at one time had a hundred thousand voters falls to 95,000 or rises to 105,000 or more, the AEC will examine the boundaries of the electorate and redraw them as required. So we would keep all our electorates around about the same numbers. There may be new seats created, as we saw in Hawke, in Melbourne's outer west, a seat created in 2022. I think it was actually created in 2021, um, um, but uh, first time up for election in 2022, and that was driven by a raise, rising population in a high-growth corridor of, uh, of Melbourne. Some seats disappear under these circumstances. The seat of Lowe, where Billy McMahon came from in Western Sydney, is a memory now. Abolished in 2010. More often, boundaries are redrawn to accommodate population changes. This makes sense. Yeah. The point is that the AEC is an independent body that has legislative triggers to act and acts with impartiality. In the US electoral boundaries for the House of Representatives seats in Congress, all 485 of them are administered by the states. The rule of thumb is that the boundaries can be redrawn in each state about every 10 years, not about, but every 10 years, using the decennial US census as a guide. Okay. But only eight states have independent electoral bodies overseeing the establishment of electoral boundaries. And this necessarily leads to partisan gerrymanders. 19 of the 50 states are overseen by Republican Party-appointed electoral officers. The remainder are either split, that's eight states that are actually split or impartial or democrat control or democrat control 15 states. Okay. Changes to electoral boundaries can be challenged and many are and some find their way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Historically the Supreme Court has, has determined racial gerrymandering where boundaries are drawn up to exclude minorities in one division and lump them all in another is a violation of constitutional rights. But when it comes to partisan gerrymandering, the SCOTUS has struggled and generally see it as not part of their ballywick. They tend not to decide.
2: Yeah, I bet they fucking don't. Uh,
1: The situation is made more complicated by the fact that voters can register, but don't have to, their support for one of the two major parties. In certain primaries, in certain states, for example, Only registered voters may vote to select candidates from the party they have registered with. Gives you an enormous amount of demographic information where people are. You know, lying around and with the benefit of satellite technology, partisan gerrymandering, redrawing boundaries where say forty percent of voters in the Geographic area that contains five electoral divisions. The Americans call them districts. Can return three representatives out of the five with a bit of cartographic wangling. You know, this is what they, this is what the Republicans are very very good at.
2: Yeah, it's quite nice. So
1: you just draw these crazy lines that will. Uh, but you, you have all this demographic information. You 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 draw these crazy lines around the place that create. A gerrymander.
2: If you look at the like these things online, they've got examples of it. Gerrymandering examples are surreal. Like the idea that uh, a district would be lined up with these massive squiggles across the map, and you're thinking. Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? And it's all deeply considered, highly paid work by operatives who know exactly what the fuck they're doing. Exactly right. It's contemporary art. It's insane.
1: In the lead up to the 2010 United States uh, midterms, the Republican Party initiated a program called Red Map the Redistricting Majority Project, which recognized that the party control of state legislatures would have the ability to set their congressional and legislative district maps based on the pending 2010 United States Census to assure that that party's control over the next 10 years. The Republicans took significant gains from the 2010 midterms across several states, and by 2011 and 2012, some of the new district maps showed Republican advantage through partisan gerrymandering. So they'd actually, they were no longer representing the people who voted for them. Now with 2020 come and gone, the boundaries are being redrawn again and the GOP are up to all sorts of shit fuckery to create new gerrymanders when the old system gave them more than their share anyway. And we haven't even touched on the difficulties minorities face in registering to vote, especially in the southern states.
2: Yeah, and that's with ID laws as they are now, which the Republicans are constantly trying to tighten.
1: Yeah, and don't get me wrong, both sides do it, but the Republicans have taken gerrymandering to an art form. The GOP are a Democrat, Party, but just the democracy that suits them.
2: Oh, I'll do for you. Oh, just tell me what you want me to do.
1: And the Conditional Release Program is proudly brought to you today by the Rhythm Method. The best darn method there is. Damn right. Listeners, feel like having a knee trembler tonight but don't want all the fuss and expense of having another mouth to feed in nine months' time? Yes. Why not try the rhythm method? Oh. Simply calculate your average menstrual cycle at 28 days, though it could be 29 or even 30 and maybe 26. Divide by a number of neap tides in months with an R in them. <laughs> add three if there's a full moon. Multiply it by the cost of Sydney real estate, which you can't afford, and bingo, <laughs> you should be able to have a route around tea time on December Seventeen, twenty twenty-seven. <laughs> the rhythm method is God's way of saying, "Put it away." He finds you disgusting, frankly, and so don't do I. spill your seed on the ground either, you filthy pervert, or he will flood the northern rivers again. <laughs> the rhythm method ensures that you're not doing anything the Pope wouldn't do, and don't do a whole lot of that either. You know some of the stuff that. Mm, anyway, enough <laughs> of that. Uh, <clears throat> listeners, in these uncertain times, the rhythm method is something you can depend on warranty void in Tennessee.
2: I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws, within all, within...
1: And with the sage words of Australia's constitutional virtuoso Phanos Paniides floating softly like a zephyr across our ears it means it's time for Which Black Bill Fuckwit Said That? The show that simply can't keep up with the sheer volume of global fuckwittery. So much so that our beloved listeners have filled their e- email inbox to burst with notices of fuckwits vomiting out appalling opinions. We've got another three listener contributions again this week which means I don't have to do anything and this pleases me. Well done guys. And if you're Successful, in which Black Bill fuckwit said that today, Joel, you'll win a gift certificate for a backyard abortion which you can redeem when and if you're ever travelling through Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Just go to the dumpster behind the 7-Eleven and ask for Elijah. Tell him Jack sent you or I won't get my finder's fee.
2: Too real. Too fucking real. So fucking real. Oh, God.
1: Ah, oh. uh, this one comes from Listener PB, Presbyterian Beige. I think we can extend that to give Presbyterian Beige yeah. a follow on Twitter if you haven't already. Good call. He's a champion. Anyway, here's the, uh, here's the quote. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself and nor will Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, uh, <laughs> I know this one. There's a conspiracy waiting to happen there, He's a isn't it? Fucking idiot, she too. She said you'd be sentenced this week, I think. Yeah. Sentenced to death. <laughs> sentenced to suicide. Yeah. did take the company revolver and do the right thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so was it America's Alex Jones? Alex Jones. Or was it UK's Alex Jones? Mike Graham. Oh, interesting. Or was it Canada's Alex Jones? Ezra Levant. Oh, yeah. Or was it Australia's Ezra Levant? Avi Yemeni.
2: It was
1: the midget...
2: A journalist. Not a journalist.
1: Well, he's predicting conspiracy theories now. Isn't that wonderful?
2: Ah, it's just banal nonsense. He's hoping for retweets. Ah, he's a fucking lunatic.
1: Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, and nor will Ghislaine Maxwell. Avi <laughs> Ebony is just the
2: intellectual nobody of intellectual nobodies. It is just pathetic. He's, Every time he, he says dumb. something,
1: it's just he's shit. Just really, a very very stupid human.
2: The boy. day he says something interesting, I'll be amazed. You're
1: listening, Arby? Come and have a crack. Come and see me, champion. Let's see, how, <laughs> let's see how we let's see how you get on. And our second question comes from listener Alyssa. Alyssa is officially a champion of black Bill fuckwit contributors, and that's as high as you can get, y'all. Mm. Uh, and here's, here's this quote: Oh God, it's a mouthful. The LGBT transgender grooming of our children's minds is a national security threat. Because it is ultimately designed to destabilize the republic we call the United States of America. That's why, when I'm elected, I don't want to just vote. I want to start holding people accountable for treason to the Constitution. I'm going to push to reenact HUAC, House on American Activities
2: Committee. Oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> Was it? He blew COVID away by making a farting noise with his lips. So why do I have COVID? <laughs> Pastor Kenneth Copeland. Or was it his idea of religion means supporting Trump because they both know how to make a lot of money? Pastor Mark Burns. Idiots are there to be fleeced. Or was it Bounty Hunter and Rapper who does a little domestic violence in his spare time, stupiders? Ooh. With thanks to Welter498 on Twitter who sent me Stu's mugshot. It's oh, a beautiful really? thing. Thank you, Welter498. Hey. Or was it in a blast from beyond the grave where he's currently shoveling shit in hell with J. Edgar Hoover and Nixon, dead Wisconsin Senator Joe McCarthy?
2: Well, it's saying when I'm elected. So I don't think any of those other ones are running, especially Joe. Is it Pastor Mark Burns?
1: <laughs> yeah, I love y'all. And just while we think of it, uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Just while we, we say that Joe McCarthy was uh, actually instigated the House Un-American Activities yep. Committee uh, and ended up uh, losing his political career over it, uh, Kenneth Copeland is not a, uh, a running for, for re-election. Pastor yes. Mark Burns is running in... South Horses Carolina of deduction. Uh, in a district in South Carolina. He did have a crack in 2020 and got 2.48% of the vote, Joel. So he's hoping Looks that'll like go right up. i a for Christmas. Yeah, so there you go. And to wrap up, which Blackpool fuckwit said that? For one more episode, we want to thank listener Andrew who dropped this in my DMs uh, late last week. Fantastic work, Andrew. The quote goes. I formally charge you, Mr Mazza, you, Mr Pullen, and you, Mr Bus, with treachery to alter the Constitution. Turn your back on them. They're criminals. I will let you deal with that. You can laugh, Mr Pullen. You are going to pay. You only think you can get away with it, you fraud. Jesus Christ. Was that the woman with a better hanging policy than Ricky Bozzi's? Teresa Van Leisham? Or was that living in an unregistered Toyota Hi-Ace on the Goldie close to the Tweed River, and it can only be a matter of time before he's down there, James Bartolo, with thanks to BT Conspiracies and yeah, give definitely. him a follow on Twitter, and we'll have more on James later. Or was it living in a van down by the river on bail, the snapping turtle his badass self, Wayne Glue? Or was it why isn't he a Supreme Court judge yet? Oh, that's right, all that stuff he said. Solicitor in exile. Yeah, threatening Mason lawyer
2: Markle. mums on a Facebook group was his undoing. Not all the grifting. No, just threatening lawyers. Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> look, I I uh, oh, oh, let's just go with James Bartolo.
1: Oh. No Joel uh, no it Was Teresa oh. wasn't that? Yeah, look, I've got to give you some context. I, look, if I hadn't given you any context before the quote, you would have got it. But Mister Mazza, Mister Pullen, and Mister Bass are all members of the uh, full bench of the Supreme Court in Western Australia, or ah. were in twenty fifteen when they had to decide the matter on whether the snapping turtle Wayne Glue was to be convicted of uh, contempt of proceedings, and they determined that he was not. Uh, the Attorney General right. had, had bought the charge, but they just d- decided that he was not. And it was a long and protracted business. It's a very funny read. Uh, and uh, ultimately, uh, he, he the snapping turtle tried to charge, well, did, in fact, charged the full bench of the Supreme Court of Western Australia with treachery to alter the Constitution. Oh, how'd and they that just, go? They, they just got up and walked out. <laughs>
2: But fortunately
1: they were so kind not to have him not to have him convicted of contempt.
2: I thought it was Teresa, but I must say I just thought James Bartolo's talk of the town, maybe it was that. I was trying to be clever and I should I should have gone my gut.
1: Yeah, it looks like you'll miss out on that gift certificate uh, in Louisiana, Joel. That's a, that's a great shame. You could have you could have cashed that in. Um, yeah, well, at I mean, very look, least. it's on the card. Uh, but, look, I want to thank all our contributors to Witchback Bill Fuckwood said that this week. Fantastic pieces of work. You guys did good. Uh, all great stuff to work with. Thank you very much. And keep them coming. I love it. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what. It's garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you go into the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you.
2: That's what
1: I'll go with. Now, Joel, you're a law-talking guy. Did you know police just can't pull people over when they're driving?
2: Yeah, they actually can, though. That's the thing. And I don't know the ins and outs of Queensland road laws, and I don't need to, because some of them are very obvious. When the man with the gun comes to the car and says... Can I see your license? You just give it to him. I don't need to tell you the part
1: of the criminal code that it <laughs> applies to. Nah, nah, nah. Where's your proof of that? Where's your jurisdiction on that?
2: Oh, yeah. See, funnily enough, police don't actually carry entire law libraries in their police cars, nor do they have active Westlaw or <laughs> LexisNexis subscriptions, which they can just – tap into their iPad. Oh, let's have a look at the road laws. (laughs) No one fucking cares. But if you really want to test the jurisdiction, my friend, I have a judge who would love to have a chat about his deeds and titles. Mm. Just
1: love it. Yeah, look, you see, way back in 2020, remember that, Joel? Before we had a COVID vaccine and anti-vax as well anti-COVID vaxxers, anyway, did, just didn't exist. No, they didn't. It's great. And back then, James Bartolo ran the, con- uh, the Conscious Truth Network Ooh. out of a sparsely furnished unit in Melbourne. <laughs> no, it was a sparsely furnished unit because he filmed his arrest. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but uh, the, the, the Conscious Truth Network uh, was uh, an online platform where he spread the good word that a, and I quote, treasonous and corrupt network of filth, oh. unquote, was behind a conspiracy to use the COVID-19 pandemic to strip rights away from people. Damn those, damn those, damn that invisible government. <laughs> And back in September 2020, Bartolo was happily spreading fear porn until the Wallopers barged into his home with a search warrant. Oh, they did. Bartolo became unhinged, as was his front door, and was quickly <laughs> arrested. <laughs> Afterwards, the Wallopers reported they had seized several devices, including a mobile phone and laptops, as well as five, count them, samurai swords. Ooh. Five. Five. And in a statement later, police said a 27-year-old male who was arrested at the address has been charged with incitement, possession of prohibited weapons, and two counts of resist police. Five samurai swords... Well, everyone knows a hobby, you know. He's probably just LARPing Lord of the Rings, playing little Frodo or something.
2: And this isn't just a like clever joke. He actually did come out and say that they were samurai swords from Lord of the Rings. They were collectibles. Don't charge me with this. But at the end of the day they charged him with it.
1: (laughs) Anywho, not long after he had been charged, James Bartolo vanished from view. But good news, Joel, he's back and he's living in a van and making (laughs) videos of being arrested again. Hooray! I saw them, they're great. And we thanks again to BT Conspiracists and so many others who sent us the video. Yeah, it was, it was a big one. It is worth a watch and we'll pop it up on the uh, the shit posting uh, shit posting Facebook uh, site and so you can all have a look at it if you haven't seen it. And he's not just living in a van, but according to police, a Toyota Hiace van that had been unregistered for 100 or more days. Yep. Mm. Got away with it for a while. If it wasn't for you meddling kids. Fresh from what was a fairly violent arrest at his time more than 16 months ago, James Bartolo has gone all soft sit on us. Or perhaps he was a soft sit in the first place and still is.
2: Oh, to, he absolutely tell, really. was. If you see the arrest at his place, he's hilarious. He's like, don't you it, see it the pulls, sign at the yeah. front? It's like says no trespassing and shit. Like, shut yeah, up, James. You have no
1: jurisdiction.
2: I can't, use, I can't do his accent because I don't have enough money up my ass to be able to pull it off.
1: And on the most recent video, there's James... Just asking questions. Isn't it just What right do the Queensland Rossers have? What just cause? What's the emergency? Yeah, that was funny. What jurisdiction do Queensland coppers have in Queensland? Yeah, you know it's
2: not the Queensland. That
1: and many other questions asked in that irritating public school way that just that just make cops want to bust his head seven different ways.
2: Oh, hundred percent. Are you meaning the public school way that, like, you know, English public school? Because his accent is
1: just so I pretentious. Don't know how they restrain themselves. Oh. Well done, Queensland Police. Anyway, if a free man on the land can't take a drive around in his unregistered van with only his worldly goods in the back, a couple of samurai swords, you know, uh, aren't the cops criminals for breaking natural law? Whatever that is.
2: <laughs> you make it up as you go along. Honestly, natural law is such a thing where you're just like, oh, it's natural law. Um, I've got a right to um be heard for some reason. I don't know why.
1: See, I always thought natural law meant, please don't fuck chickens, and I haven't fucked one since, so... I- of not knowingly violated natural law but James reckons natural law has been breached when Queensland coppers pulled him over with their sirens blasting where's the emergency who's the victim and demanding to see his driver's license which he probably doesn't have anymore no in Queensland so that's kind of that jurisdiction problem solved. But anyway,
2: mm. he might
1: have the samurai swords, but I'm pretty sure the Queensland cops would have given him a bit more attention if he did produce them instead of his driver's licence.
2: Yes, but I'm just I'm just trying to find the ring, the one <laughs> ring to rule the all.
1: <laughs> Fucking dork. Different. He did tell the bulls he was willing to comply provided they showed him evidence of their jurisdiction. Ugh. And you know what, Joel? They didn't produce any. What? So where is their jurisdiction? Where, where is, it- is the Queensland cops' jurisdiction to enforce the law in Queensland? Where's
2: your deeds and titles, cops?
1: Alas, that meaty issue appears to have gone unresolved. Oh, because Justice James said he would comply on the proviso of a quick show from the Walpers of their jurisdiction, we can hear one of the cops saying, yeah, we'll get a van down here. <laughs> <laughs> and that means poor old James is went from one van to another. Yes, he did. And then from that van briefly to a place that's a bit bigger than a van, but only just, before he got out and went back to his van, which he can't drive because of a minor jurisdictional brouhaha.
2: I think he actually did, but that's a whole other story.
1: He's had his own peace violated just for that. Oh. Living in, Just for living in a van, an unregistered van, which has probably been towed away now with his samurai swords. Certainly in oh. New South Wales, if you're unregistered for more than 100 days, you're, you're getting towed away.
2: Uh, but the collectibles, we need the collectibles.
1: <laughs> Some days, Joel, a free man feels like a corporate slave in his own country. Oh, If only the poor bastard knew where a river was, then he'd be sweet. No, oh. she's got a van. He needs a river.
2: Just needs a river, just needs
1: a river, It's all we need.
2: I, I still haven't worked it out
0: yet. And if you haven't worked it out, keep asking the question. And keep looking for the answers. Because it's irrelevant.
1: It is now a criminal offence to display a swastika in Victoria and the rest of the country will soon follow. The Summary Offences Amendment, Nazi Symbol Prohibition Bill 2022, passed through both houses of the Victorian Parliament earlier this week. Anyone who intentionally displays the Nazi symbol in public uh, will face penalties of up to almost 22000 dollars or 12 months imprisonment or both? Good, both. The swastika... Sometimes called the Hakenkraus, was a religious icon the Nazis stole from Buddhism, Jainism and Hinduism. Anyone who has visited India will have been confronted by cheerful cabbies, often toting swastikas in their cabs. When I went went to India when I was in my early 20s, I thought, oh my God, I'm getting in a Nazi cab.
0: (laughs) uh,
1: The Victorian Act recognises the cultural and historical significance of the swastika for people who follow those religions. And the bill does not prohibit the display of the swastika in religious and cultural contexts.
2: And this is the annoying thing. You're going to have these people going like, you know, oh, but I'm Buddhist, bro. And the judge is going to be like, no, you're going to jail. Yeah, Just to say, it, no. it, it
1: is part of the problem. We'll sort of investigate some of this in a, in a little while, but it is part of the problem, and you know they're going to follow some of the cheat codes, uh, some of these characters.
2: Oh, fuck them. They won't get away with
1: it. Anyway, Attorney, Ge- Attorney General in Victoria, Jacqueline Symes, said, uh, the Nazi symbol glorifies one of the most hateful ideologies in history. Its public display does nothing but cause further pain and division. It's a proud moment to see these important laws passed with bipartisan support. I'm glad to see that no matter what side of politics, we can agree that this vile behaviour will not be tolerated in Victoria. That was part of her statement. Yeah. And Jewish community leaders welcomed the legislation. Mm-hmm. The President of the Jewish Community Council of Victoria, uh, Daniel Aguillon, issued a statement thanking the Victorian Government for engaging and working with the, with the JCCV in drafting this new law. Aguillon also thanked the Shadow Attorney-General, Michael O'Brien, and the Deputy Leader of the Liberal Party in Victoria, David Southwark, for first raising the concept of banning the Nazi swastika within the Victorian Parliament. So this been community consultation. That's the big thing. Yeah. Anyway, the bill was supported on the floor by the Liberals and the Greens and passed through the upper house with bipartisan support as a whole sort of, you know, a, a jumble of, uh, of, of parties and individuals on the crossbench. Bit the cross of a no brainer though, really. upper house. But <clears throat> Tim Quilty.
2: Oh, here we fucking go. Uh,
1: from the Liberal Democrats, yeah, uh, with one, just one member, he's the he's a sole member of the Liberal Democrats in the upper house. Voted against the bill. The only uh, one it went through. Yeah. I think twenty nine one. I think that's the pandering to his
2: fuckwitted base.
1: Quilty declared it pained him to vote against the oh, bill. Off. To me, he said in a tweet, "It's a freedom of speech issue. It pains me to defend the rights of wannabe Nazis." But a right that doesn't protect even the ugliest is no right at all. He tweeted that on June 21, uh, the day before the bill was passed through. And that might sound, you know, really you know, Voltairean, you know. Oh, oh, well, we'll protect even the ugliness, ugliest, you know. And Quilty a libertarian is a free speech absolutist.
2: That's the thing, libertarians don't think. They don't think. Think about things. This is the beautiful thing about libertarianism. It's an ideology
1: of non-thinking. Oh,
2: if we just remove all the rules,
1: that everything will be fine. No, no. Imagine libertarians running a place when you had a pandemic.
2: Oh, fuck. I don't even want to think about it.
1: Bring out your dead. Anyway.
2: The US is bad enough.
1: One thing you never hear from free speech absolutists and other libertarian shills is an argument for the publication, broadcast, or other dissemination of child pornography. Yeah. You you never hear it. If everyone should be permitted to express themselves freely, then why aren't pedophiles permitted to procure and publish sexualized images of children? And free speech absolutists don't mention child pornography because there is a limit to freedom of expression. Absolutely there is. It's not exactly. about whether whether there should be a line because there already is. The argument is where the line should be drawn.
2: Mhm. Exactly. And I don't like think about this because thinking takes a lot of energy.
1: Yeah. I mean, look you know I I, I hate to engage in the water boundary, but It's as simple as that. There are limits to free speech. We'll go through a few of them a bit later on, but there are limits to free speech. We know what they are, and it's just a matter of where we want that line as a community to be drawn. And Nazism, I'd argue, is a pretty good place to draw that line.
2: It's a great line. It's an awful ideology.
1: It's a great place to draw the line right through it, you know, Uh, It's a destructive race-based ideology that teaches its adherents that some of us are human while others are untermensch and can be enslaved, tortured and murdered. And we don't just ban images and symbols of Nazism in remembrance of an ideology that united the world to defeat it at a cost of more than 50 million lives 80 years ago, although that is a pretty good reason but because the twisted ideology has resurfaced and flourished now that the memory of the Holocaust and World War II have begun to fade into black-letter history.
2: Yeah, and conspiracy theorists are pushing the idea that Jews are evil and should be wiped off the face of the earth. Yeah. yeah it's disgusting.
1: On April 17... 17- that's uh, known as Yom HaShoah, the Holocaust Remembrance Day. The Center for the Study of Contemporary European Jewry at Tel Aviv University's Faculty of Humanities released its annual global report on anti-Semitism, and the findings were shocking. The report identifies. But in the US, Canada, the UK, Germany and Australia are the countries where there is a sharp rise in anti-Semitism and it's fueled by radical left and right-wing political movements and yeah. incitement on social media. That's fair. Australia experienced a sharp rise in recorded anti-Semitic incidents with 88. Oh, God, it's a terrible number. Bit of a
2: sus number, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, with 88 in May, uh, May 2021. We'll go through some of the reasons for why there would be such a leap in May 2021 in a minute. Uh, But that was the highest monthly total ever recorded in Australia. In the US, which has the largest Jewish population outside of Israel, the number of anti-Jewish hate crimes recorded in both New York and Los Angeles were almost twice that of the previous year. Mm. In France, the number of recorded anti-Semitic incidents increased by almost 75%. C Compared with 2020, in Canada, a leading Jewish group reported a 40-year record in anti-Semitic physical violence in one month alone. That was August of 2021. In the UK, the number of recorded physical assaults against Jews increased by 78% compared with 2020, and in Germany, anti-Semitic incidents recorded by police were up 29% compared with 2020 and 49% compared with 2019.
2: And it's obviously a very serious soft spot there. They've got huge anti nazi laws there because i mean it's germany
1: yes they do indeed you know and and, and so these things can I, I be really clearly reported as well there's good solid data around yeah true but it's so a real seeing, small it was, point. so we're seeing so we're seeing rises everywhere now the reports authors acknowledge that in may 2021 we mentioned that Period in terms of an escalation of events in Australia. But in May 2021, fighting between Israel and Palestinian militants in the Gaza Strip led to a rise. You know, that's one of the causes that led to a rise in anti-Semitic wow, incidents really? around the world, including Australia, with that that 88 figure, which is uh, steeped in Nazi code, uh, Nazi codes. John, I
2: always like to think that the left aren't really a part of this, but I suppose the left have their own yeah,
1: oh, their own burden
2: to bear on that that's that's hard to that's hard to swallow the idea of the left persecuting jews for what is, you know, basically war crimes in, you know, in land that isn't theirs but i mean, dude, like, you know, the guy in bondi is not responsible. Calm fucking yeah, down.
1: Yeah, UK Labour Party had significant problems with it as well. Ugh. Uh it still does. That's um, upsetting. Uh, in May 21, uh, May twenty one, and, and at the time of the surge in anti-Semitism in Australia, Israel and Milton's fought an 11-day conflict where 261 people were killed in Gaza and 14 people were killed in Israel. And the report also calls out the vast reach of social networks for spreading lies and incitement. The social media played and I quote, an exceptionally alarming role in anti-Semitic incidents, the report yeah. said.
2: I've seen it on Telegram.
1: The, yeah, we have, yeah. The data oh, r- the data raise concerns regarding the utility of legislation and agreements reached with social media companies on banning anti-Semitic expressions from their platforms. Yeah. Uh, it's just often overlooked. Uh, and, and going on, to quote from the report, the gravest concern is the dark word which shelters extremists and where anti-Semitic content is freely and openly spread. The report also identifies conspiracy theories proliferating around the pandemic contributed to fueling anti-Jewish hate crimes. Right at the outset of the pandemic in 2020, conspiracy theories began to sprout around the world, blaming the Jews and Israel for spreading the virus, the report said. The lockdowns, which glued people to their screens at at home contributed significantly to popularising toxic, anti-Semitic discourse on social networks. In 2021, when the lockdowns were gradually eased, anti-Semites returned to the streets. That's a Direct quotes from the report,
2: but it's not even the guys on the streets. You know, they're not the ones that I'm. You know, sort of like terrified of. For me, mostly because of where I spend all this time on, you know, in Telegram or even just Facebook groups that hide themselves fairly well. The concern for me lies in the people who don't fly the flag, but they're never going to. They don't identify as Nazis. You got the El Salzone types who have seen the revisionist history, Holocaust denial, Nazi propaganda film Europa, uh. and various other offshoots of it, and decided that. Alongside a whole bunch of COVID nineteen propaganda spread by Nazis, suggesting, like you say, that the Jews were spreading the virus, the Jews are selling the uh, you know the vaccine. Doesn't help that the Pfizer the CEO is is Jewish. All of this turns out in the fact that these people who you would never expect to be Nazis are walking around casually saying the Jews lie about the Holocaust and Hitler wasn't a bad guy, and they get to a point where saying it doesn't even feel uncomfortable to them. Now, this is not an uncommon thing to be brought up in terrifyingly unexpected places. You see pilled mums groups and these Northern Rivers hippies you would never expect to be bigots and hate-filled lunatics who are often happy to just casually share these twisted beliefs on the evil Jews and Hitler's noble attempt to rid the world of them for the better of everyone. And it's fucking insane. This is somehow being normalized through concerted efforts with all these organizations that I honestly just don't think they're that smart. But Idiot Speaks Good to Idiot and a lot of these guys are just pilling each other. They're not shaving their heads and putting on the Doc Martens and stomping around and doing the Russell Crowe romper stomper. They're just sharing videos on Facebook, Rumble, and then you know they'll go to school, pick up it, ask the Jewish question, and people will start asking questions and start thinking ridiculous things. And it's just fucking mental. I can't even. It, well, it's I know, just, I, it's I, astonishing. I know
1: Onigs was promoting Europa as a film. Um
2: Dave Eek's telegram group has been an absolute cesspool of Nazi grooming for some time now, and I always assumed it was simply because it was full of idiots. And while that is probably true, Dave himself has pushed the Europa film to his 70,000 followers more than once. So in mid-September 2021, Dave posted a poll in his telegram group asking if people had watched Europa, which is a Holocaust denial film we've about before, responsible for pilling a shitload of normies, despite the fact that it has a ridiculous 12-hour runtime in response to the poll 19 percent said yes mind-blowing 23 percent responded to nah i'd like to though and 58 percent had said never heard of it which is slightly reassuring but not really there was no option to denounce the film as nazi propaganda that should be thrown into a volcano it was all just whether it was mind-blowing you'd like to or that you'd never heard of it so Let's hope that some of the 58% were actually people saying, fuck you, this is awful. I doubt it. Two hours later, Dave followed up with this. Over and out, folks. I'm watching Europa again at the moment. It's so heavy. It's so much to take in. One cannot help but think this is truly a fallen world. But our hope lies in that God's kingdom is real and we may be counted worthy. Hashtag night friends. Now... What the fuck does that even mean? But here it starts, right? This is the counter-narrative setting in. Then, at 8pm on the 29th of September, and remember, this is a 12-hour film, Dave posts this. Wow, Europa, it's so heavy. I'm watching in small chunks, but it's a must-see. And then 90 minutes later, he posts this. Wow, Europa, blowing my mind. Crazy when you learn new info that completed rewrites your thinking. Hashtag Hitler. Did you learn something new watching Europa? Please leave a comment below. Now, the comments are deleted, and I'm assuming by his own policy, and probably wisely because he's responsible for them as a publisher. It is incredible to think that Dave O'Neill would so blatantly promote Holocaust denial. But as per usual, he's a fucking moron. He found a sales pitch he found titillating that didn't follow some sort of mainstream belief he could somehow rebel against. And he just sucked it down without any critical thought. He just sat there and watched a video like a fucking moron zombie and then told his followers to do the same. It is just appalling that he would walk towards something that is just so awful with so little critique. But that's just him. To his credit, Dave does delete the overtly Nazi comments on his Telegram group, though often much too late to be effective. The conversations are being had while he's away doing something else, fair enough, and the Jewish question is being asked to people who are so vulnerable to suggestion. But Onigs himself has pushed his thousands of followers towards a piece of propaganda that does that job for them. It centres Hitler as the hero of a story that aims to wipe the Jews from the earth, and he's saying how amazing it is. So, banning the swastika is not going to do anything to touch the sides of this absolute scourge of revisionist history. But anything that walks in that direction is just going to get full support from me because fuck that shit.
1: Yeah, so, and we've, and we've actually followed the sort of trajectory of people from that kind of alt health. Industry or sub industry who who have you know were teaching yoga and, and and now want to talk about you know what's to be done about the Jews yeah it's I mean, insane these are people and we've talked about the reasons for it the fundamental reason for it is that these are people who have an inbuilt or a well-practiced aversion to authority. Yeah. And so when someone comes along and starts talking to them about or sort of talking to them in anti-Semitic tropes, they follow. They
2: love counter narratives. This is a thing we'll cover in Pete yeah. Evans later on. But, yeah. like, you know, one of the biggest hotbeds of Nights activity I've seen on, on Telegram is Dave O'Neeg's chat. And the idea of him being a pusher of Europa, that surprises me because he likes to be that happy-go-lucky, lovely guy Big heart only cares, but apparently he was pushing Europa.
1: Yeah, yeah, I that's think crazy. Dave, uh, Dave, uh, Appreciation Society to thank for that particular reference. Oh, really? Yeah, the free speech absolutists. If we want to get into the, the water battery because there's going to be some water battery. The free speech absolutists might also point the fact. There's not an offence to fly the flag of the Islamic extremist death cult, uh, IS, Islamic State, under Australian law.
2: Yeah, and they suck.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the AFP have been pushing for it for a long time to be, to be um, prohibited as well. Yeah. New South Wales internal police data indicated the, US, the IS flag had been displayed 305 times in the past seven years, mostly in Sydney, declining from a peak of 142 in 2015 to eight in 2021. So it's yeah, a, it's it's a dying ideology. Yeah, it is. Um, but the key difference is that IS is a listed terrorist organization, while Nazis are more all branches of it with the exception of just one uh, that sort of, you know, sort of sources from Canada, then they're not. Yeah, know?
2: exactly. Well, this is how, you know, like uh, Tom Sewell openly have mm. National Socialist Network and then not face any consequences.
1: Yeah. But if you, are, if you are a member of, of of Islamic State, you're going straight to jail in Australia. Under Australian yeah. law, it is an offence to be a member of a terrorist organisation like Islamic State. It's an, it's an offence to direct its activities, recruit for, train or receive training from the organization, get funds to or from the organization, provide support to or associate with the terrorist organization.
2: Yeah. And Nazis should be next. I mean, we do have Nazi organizations.
1: Yeah. It it becomes a bit of a -a whack-a-mole thing, but yeah, absolutely. And fuck
2: them. The Unshackled should be absolutely shut down by force and everyone involved should be fucking arrested. National Socialist Network should be cleaned out and thrown in fucking Goulburn and... And they can test their luck with the local couriers and see how much they like their fucking ideology in there. I tell you what, man, like I'd be more than happy to see this happen, but baby steps. And this is a baby step.
1: Yeah, I, I it reckon is. it's a baby it's, step. It's more. It's more about symbolism. The, the swastika is banned from display in many Western democracies, including Germany, France, Poland, and, and Austria. It remains legal in the US, the UK, Canada, and New Zealand, and the new south, <clears throat> the New South Wales, Queensland, and Tasmanian parliaments all have bills in in, in in the, uh, in the offing, uh, designed to ban the swastika. In New South Wales, a parliamentary committee recommended a ban on all Nazi symbols, and that poses some difficulties in enforcement. It would seem that New South Wales going a bit further, so they, they're going to not just ban the swastika, but all identified Nazi symbols, and some yeah, of okay. these may be Obviously identifiable, like the SS Death's Head, otherwise known as the Totenkopf, um, or the SS Doppel Sigrun, which is the SS, but others like the Black Sun or Sonnenrad or the Wolf's Angel in various forms may not be readily identified. Uh, Neo-Nazis have have appropriated the Celtic Cross as a totem, and this features on a great many tattoos on the arms, backs, and legs of people who have no knowledge of its murky connection to Nazism. We might remember former celebrity chef and friend of the podcast, Joel, oh, Pete Evans drew the ire of Australians in 2020 after he posted a cartoon featuring the Sonnenrad, the Black Sun. Evans explained that he was unaware of the symbols links to Nazism, but a quick Google search would have spared him a lot of trouble.
2: Well, yes, but also when someone said that it was the Black Sun, he replied, I was waiting for someone to notice that? that.
1: Yeah, so It's yeah. almost
2: like maybe he did know what was going on, but... It's incredibly hard to believe that he was unaware of that symbology based on that comment, but at the same time, you just can't say. You just can't say. But even giving the benefit of the doubt there, which is bold, he had previously said in a post that someone should look into the real history of Germany. I mean, what does that mean he asked questions, but, I mean, that's, mm, that's
1: pretty a, he's stuff. He's only asking questions about the real history of Germany. I mean, yeah.
2: like, he's clearly seen Europa like his mate Dave O'Negs, but he does maintain that not only did he not do a simple Google image search of the meme that ruined his entire life and career, but he also said afterwards he had to Google what a neo-Nazi was. Yeah. As That's I'm sorry. where
1: credibility just became that little bit strained. Wasn't oh, it?
2: I mean, you can't listen to a fucking word he says after that because, Pete, I know we think you're an idiot. I say it every week, but we don't think you're that stupid. We really don't. But the fact that Pete was groomed into sharing neo-Nazi content just shows how absolutely vulnerable people are to grooming and suggestion from Nazis online. Yeah. Once you get a clever Nazi into an idiot's ear, you often wind up with two Nazis. And Correct. from there, it just grows exponentially, especially if there's someone of influence. It starts with conspiracy theories about Jewish bankers or vaccines or people in medical positions and blah, yep. blah, fucking blah, vaccine. And then you start asking the Jewish question, but just nudging toward it. But then you show them Europa and bam, a Nazi's born. The, the Holocaust didn't happen and, and Hitler's misunderstood. Fucking I'd, probably,
1: insane. I'd, I'd say Europa first and then the Jewish question. Yeah, yeah, possibly.
2: But it's definitely those satellite Amen. things of the vaccines are responsible, the bankers are against you, and hold on, they're all Jewish. Just saying. Just saying.
1: Yeah, Look, uh, there is one element to this. There's a certain sense of concealment about all of this. You know, it's a really clandestine sort of thing. I mean, years ago, members of the Australian Nazi Party or one of its numerous manifestations used to wander the streets dressed in the brown shirts of the SA, and they contested elections and unsurprisingly failed to generate support. A veteran yeah. neo-Nazi still around, Jim Sellium. who had Simeon Boykov, Who'd been seen a decade or more before sporting a swastika armband, ran against Scott Morrison in Cook, representing an overtly benign party known as Australia First, and he received just 600 votes.
2: That is hilarious.
1: It is true that these days, neo-Nazis keep their swastikas to themselves. They are acutely aware that recruiting new members to their various quasi-political groups requires subtlety. They prefer to hook people by ultra-nationalist babbling, calls for bans on Muslim immigration in Australia, anti-Chinese sentiment, and the use of racist epithets on first Australians, the same old tropes that have been in use for years.
2: Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, the swastika Nazis, they've got a real brand image. I mean, even people who don't think about this stuff have been conditioned into them to know that the swastika and Nazis are bad. So you just edge into it and yeah. you say, oh, these people are trying to take away your rights or they're trying to do this or they're edging into your your freedoms. And then, of course, you move toward these you know, more subtle things. But the Jewish question has never been easier to ask these days because, of course, the conspiracy universe is on fire with it. That's but right. But with the internet the way it is, you can't come out and say it. While there might not be a ban on the swastika in, in, in cyberspace – People don't want to see it, so they, they have to use other things.
1: Yeah, they do. And, and neo-Nazis uh, use numerical codes. 88, we referenced earlier uh, earlier in the rabbit hole, means Heil Hitler. Yeah. It's letter of the alphabet twice, Heil Hitler. 18 means Adolf Hitler. Uh, the number 14 holds significance too for neo-Nazis. David Lane, an American white supremacist and neo-Nazi ideologue who was killed in a US federal prison after they sentenced to life behind bars for racketeering conspiracy and violation of the civil rights of a Jewish radio talk show host, coined the term known as the 14 words, and I'll quote them, we must secure the existence of our people in a future for white children, 14 words.
2: That's the 14 <coughs> words. I thought the 14 words were Hitler's. Holy shit. I'm learning things. What a great podcast. No, it
1: comes straight from David Lane. There you was go. He stabbed in a US federal prison good. to death yeah, by good. another white supremacist.
2: So, like, this is one of those things, like, you know, you've got – Two sort of different, like people who do this, there's edgelords on 4chan who just think it's really funny to be a Nazi and then you've got the real Nazis. But the line starts to blur and it gets yeah. really confusing. So if you're some sort of law enforcement or some sort of general crackdown on these sort of symbols or numbers or codes, you've got to sort out the wheat from the chaff. Which one are 14-year-olds on 4chan who think it's hilarious to be edgy and which ones are possibly going to go and shoot up a fucking synagogue next Saturday? It makes it it's hard. very
1: hard. Hard to tell, very hard to tell. But these these places are just awful, awful places oh, where cesspools. people will become radicalised very, very quickly.
2: Well, that's the thing. You start joking, but when you're in a in an environment where everyone's having a bit of a laugh, it's so easy to pill people. So easy.
1: you yeah, no one is talking about banning numbers. Obviously, um, uh, um, we're talking about banning um, symbols, and swastikas, and maybe even political parties when yeah. they uh, when they reach and reach into those sorts of. Disgusting extremes. And the yeah. ban on swastikas is no practical objective to diminish the pull of right wing extremism. It'll, but it, what it does do is it allows enforcement to track and trace actual Nazis in our midst. Yeah, and exactly. I have no problem with what some might call an increased reach of a police state.
2: I don't feel like this is an increased reach of a police state. There's so many other things that I'm more concerned about. No, than, I, I just you know, don't
1: think they're doing enough. I I, I agree. I don't think enough is being done. Yeah. And I think that once you bring bring in things like bans on Nazi symbols and the swastika in particular, you should have more police activity.
2: Totally. But then again, like, you know, are you going to – Take a SWAT team down to a mum's group where some fucking asshole yoga hippie is bringing Europa up. Are you gonna take a fucking tactical response group down to school pickup where someone's pilled and keeps on asking these dodgy questions to idiots in the Northern Rivers? I mean, it's so hard. Police well, uh, activity doesn't solve all problems, but I must say, no, it's, it's 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 not
1: gonna it's not gonna solve substantially in any practical way the problem with a, with a pool of extreme uh, right wing. Or right wing extremism and and Nazism in particular. But what it will do is make policing a little bit more active, a little bit more. Reactive or uh, proactive, if you like. That's a yeah. current term among police, you know. Yeah. And, and it will um, shift the dissemination of Nazi symbols and Nazi discussions further underground.
2: Yeah, it will, realistically. Uh,
1: and, and and really, that's where they belong. I mean, you talk about prohibitions. Oh, no, all you do when you have a prohibition is you push things underground. Well, that, that's exactly where you want Nazism to yes, be. Yes,
2: you get a handful of people and not thousands.
1: Mm. Yeah, forget the nonsense about free speech. It is a reminder that freedom of expression comes with consequences. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, the ban is designed to prevent further hurt and pain to victims of the Holocaust. That's the yep. first objective, right? And and their and their descendants in Australia. That's yep. that's a that's a pretty honourable thing to do. Do not feel intimidated. Uh, and and nor can the descendants of members of the Second AIF who fought Nazism in North Africa be mocked by seeing the wretched symbol being waved around on our streets. Yeah, fair call. So those two things, Straight, just alone. Those things are productive on that basis. And and there are limits on free speech. We have them in the case of our defamation laws where one rich person can sue individuals because they can afford it or can crowdfund it. There are further prohibitions on what people can publish. Child pornography is the obvious example. Others prohibit the dissemination of material that can incite acts of terrorism. Yeah. These Absolutely. are pretty straightforward things, right? Yeah. And There is a line that is drawn on freedom of political expression in Australia and where that line should always be is one notch above Nazism. Yeah, well said. And that's more than enough about Nazis for now because <laughs> now we've got a man who knows the real history of Germany, yeah, not the Holy Roman Empire, which he thinks is a shill for big farmer. but a one <laughs> unified Germany under a strong under a strong leader. He just doesn't say who. Maybe meant Angela Merkel. Oh, Uh, baby. I don't know. Anyway, he's had a huge week and we're about to find all about it in the week in Pete Evans.
2: It has been a huge week in Peter with huge. the disgraced former celebrity pizza cook and mindless conspiracy content circulator going on the little known and generally pointless Humanly podcast. Ooh. And it's human spelled with an L-E-Y at the end because you know, basic literacy is, you know, for, for elites and uh, Jews, I suppose, right? <laughs> so most of the episodes of the podcast are about how germ theory is wrong and terrain theory is right and blah, blah, blah. And for those who don't know what this means, well, you're better off, but it's the absurd (laughs) belief that germs and viruses and bacteria don't cause sickness, but chemicals do. So if you've got the flu, it's not influenza, but chemtrails or fluoride or GMOs in fucking white bread, or maybe you pray to the wrong God, but anything but germs.
1: You're right, Joe. I don't feel better. (laughs) No,
2: it's dumb. It's a fucking dumb theory. I
1: don't feel better now.
2: This guy's obsessed with it. So I don't know if Pete and what's his name get to the actual topic of germ theory in the podcast because I only listened to the first 15 minutes. I don't like hectic self-harm. But as directed by a friend of the podcast, Paul, who sent me the link, they're the best bits, apparently. First 15 minutes are very funny, though, and let's see what Pete had to say. Oh, can't wait.
0: When I decided to, um, I was invited to run for this political election coming up um, by the Great Australian Party to, to be a senator, Um And when I decided to do that, uh, I'll never forget it because I heard Scott Morrison tell the press that do not give Pete Evans any any oxygen. And uh, very soon after that, that's when my um, social media accounts were permanently deleted without any warning, uh, never to be reinstated.
2: And the thing is here that Scott Morrison did say something similar. So this is the quote. He said, I do not propose you give him any air. I will not give him any. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, there's
1: a, there's that, a reason Australia voted him out. You yeah. Know.
2: <laughs> oh, exactly. He doesn't understand the people. So, of course, this made the craggy face conspiracy theorist think Scotty was on the phone getting him cancelled because he's an idiot. It's
1: really stupid.
2: Though. I know. I mean, fucking... And that's the thing. Like, you know, it's that... Weird delusions of grandeur thing that he's got going on. Like, you know, I'm so important. The whole thing was based around the fact that he'd put his hat in the ring for the Senate. He had all these Facebook followers. He was going to get a Senate seat. Mm -hmm. And even if he did, who gives a fuck? We just talk about Ralph Babbitt and his irrelevance. Pitt Evans would be yet another Babbitt that no one fucking cares about.
1: Rejected his invitation.
2: Exactly. Now, being deplatformed and publicly disgraced may have had a lot more to do with outing yourself as a neo-Nazi than Scott Morrison making a few phone calls. Let's face it. But as Tom Taneke told us, he was personally groomed by neo-Nazis. And as we are well aware, Pete is not much of a critical thinker. He's a vulnerable mind waiting to be inseminated with garbage. Pair that with his obsession with Tucker Carlson, who's a famous friend of the Jews, and it's pretty easy to see Panzer Tank Pete putting on the uniform, <laughs> let's face it. But guys, we had it all wrong. No. Pete isn't a Nazi. No. Because no. he cooks food from other countries. There
0: you go. The, um, the neo Nazi thing, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Hmm. I was actually talking to a friend yesterday about it, and, and they said, well, What was that about? I said, I said, anybody that knows me knows that my work celebrates every single culture. Um, and reveres cultures. I mean, being a chef, if you look at all of my cookbooks, you know, there is such reverence to pretty much every single culture on the planet that has created a cuisine that I have been inspired by or that Mm -hmm. I have um, learned to respect. So.
2: But Pete, mate, I don't remember your love for Israeli food on your list of beloved (laughs) cuisines. Is that a culture that you've learned to respect? Have you been inspired by the Israelis? Mate, we aren't calling you racist. No. Jot that down. We're calling you a neo-Nazi. Yeah. It's totally different. Different. You said there's a real history of Germany and you regularly post content from deeply anti-Semitic sources. We don't think you hate the people of Thailand. We know how much you love fish sauce. We think you hate Jews. <laughs> and it's bullshit. I mean, like whether you're aware of it or not, you regularly push the idea that Jews are evil through the content you share, whether you're aware of it or not. But that's the company you keep. They're the Telegram channels you frequent. That's what you like to consume. Your career's already ruined, Pete. Why can't you just be honest about this for once in your life and just say that you don't trust the Jews and you think they're in charge and you think they're trying to destroy the world? Just be honest. Dogs
1: and fleas, mate. Just be honest. Dogs and fleas.
2: Just to finish, this sums it all up. This isn't Pete, but this is this dopey fucking mate in the podcast who speaks for all of them here when he says this. And I also look at what the government and these sort of global powers are trying to do. And usually what they say the opposite is true. And that's it. These are just children with opposition to fight disorder. That's all there are. They're just blindly opposed to mainstream because it makes them feel good and smart. This is why they're so easy to game. All you need to do is provide a counter-narrative and they'll just believe it without the slightest amount of critical thought or analysis. If Pete had Googled the meme that he posted, he wouldn't so have ruined red. his entire life. Son and Pete. Just Google it, mate. Just Google it. SS, buddy. It's not good. It's just sad. But this is the thing. These are truly just blind, gullible sheep. Sheeple. Walking to slaughter. Sheeple. So sad.
1: And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app.
2: Jack can be found on Twitter, on at Jack the Insider, and Joel on at Moses with a K... You set up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily if you just fucking search for the words. They're really unique. Who else is the Condition Release Program? Like, it's, it's a right. thing.
1: That's why was, we did it. It's a good day. It's yeah. good. The Patreon is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way.
2: Yeah, do it. As little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content, including my heart. And if you give us even more money, you'll have more of my heart. You may even get some of the blood circulation benefits. I'm not even sure. But if you give us enough money, you could even watch us record the show. And I don't know. We just love you. But if we get to 1,000 patrons, we promise, I I promise, that Jack will get a swastika tattoo on his forehead and walk around Federation Square, screaming at the Rothschilds and eating unleavened bread. But, like, he'll be yelling about the Rothschilds caution, with the bread.
1: Caution. Like, I'm probably not going to do that. No, no, um, he
2: will. And the, the the crumbs will be spitting out everywhere.
1: Um, they're, they're bankers of Jewish bars. <laughs> we love that's awful I'm not doing that we love the grift (laughs) it's just we're not as good at it as the cookers help us we're morally conflicted
2: he hadn't seen that bit of script before I said it so don't make us start flogging water filters and ivermectin incense because I fucking will join (laughs) up at patreon.com slash the condition release program I have no shame don't test me
1: yeah trust some German cuisine recipes. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. It's got a in the front of it. it does. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us that the Holocaust was completely made up and that Hitler wasn't such a bad guy.
2: No, misunderstood. Vegetarian. How yeah. could S- he
1: bad? Stole it, moustache from Chandler.
2: He liked dogs. Yeah. Thanks, Vig- listeners.
1: Vegetarian, though. Eh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: See you next time.
1: Bye. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck
0: me, you! You guys are bastards!